You are listening to Let's Talk Trail on podcast. Keep up with the latest episodes by downloading the Podbean app or stream episodes via our social media accounts. Search for Let's Talk Trio on Facebook or Instagram. This episode is sponsored by Student Access. Student Access, the leader in Trio software. Student Access is an online database solution that allows Trio programs to track their students' information, connect with students by text messages, streamline the APR, and work from anywhere, all online, with automatic updates for changes from the Department of Education. Their technical support team includes former TRIO staff and has over 50 years of combined experience working with TRIO. Make it easier to focus on your priority, the students. For more information and to request a free demo, visit their website at www.studentaccess.com or call them toll-free at one 800 801-1232. That website again is www.studentaccess.com or 1-800-801-1232. Be sure to share your favorite episodes on your social media by tapping that share button. This is a great way to support the podcast. Now here's your host, Juan Rivas. Thank you, Amelia, for that wonderful introduction. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Let's Talk Trio. I am your host, Juan Rivas. In this episode, we have Rachel Yazi, who is a Trio alum of the Student Support Services Program at Central New Mexico Community College. She is currently in the process of transferring to the University of New Mexico. Rachel is on the podcast to share her Trio experience, her educational journey, and what it means to be serving the Navajo Nation. So coming up in just a bit, Rachel Yazi. I'd like to take a moment to thank our sponsors, Angelica Villalpando, Rosario O'Reilly, and Student Access. Thank you all so much for continuing to support the podcast. You too can support the Let's Talk Trio podcast. You can give us a one-time tip via PayPal. So our PayPal link is located at the description part of this episode. Uh, Or you can become a patron via Patreon. Patreon has four or five different levels of sponsorship. The first four are really reserved for individual membership. Um, Our membership starts at a dollar a month and it works all the way up to $50 a month. Our fifth level is the sponsorship level uh, for companies. If you own a business and would like to advertise on the Let's Talk Trio podcast, uh, give us an email. We'll weave in your ad into this podcast. A great episode coming up here in just a bit with Rachel Yazi. Uh, Thank you all so much for continuing to support the podcast. And yeah, so sit back, relax, enjoy this great episode. Three, two, one. Hello, Trio Nation. My guest on the Let's Talk Trio podcast is an alumni of the Trio Student Support Services at Central New Mexico Community College. She was the president of the Phi Theta Kappa PTK from 2021 to 2022. Some of her interests include cooking, traveling, shopping, and various areas of interest that include volunteering at places around New Mexico and with the Navajo Nation. Welcome to the podcast, Rachel Yazi. Rachel, welcome. Well, thank you. Um, Thank you for having me this afternoon. And I look forward to being on this afternoon to tell my trio story. We're going to introduce myself. Good afternoon, everyone who will listening today and at a later on today, later on in the future. So I want to introduce myself in my native language for those who will be listening at a later time. I got a Rachel Yazi, Inshla, Twarag, Lini, Inshla, 
Hello, my relatives and my people. My name is Rachel Ghazi. I'm a member of the Navajo Nation. I am where the Water Flows Together clan, born from the Towering House clan. My maternal grandfather is the Folded Arms clan, and my maternal grandfather is he who walks around clan. Rachel, thank you so much for accepting our invitation to be on the podcast. We're very honored. Again, thank you so much for having me on this, for giving me this opportunity to be on here this afternoon to be able to tell my trio success story. Fantastic. Uh, so we met earlier, we were talking about uh, some a little briefly about uh, you learning about the podcast and wanting to share your story. Uh, but first of all, how are you? How are things with you? I'm doing well this Saturday afternoon. I can't believe how fast the month of October is flying past us. And it's like almost yeah. Halloween. And, <laughs> and I was like, a couple months ago, it was like May and now it's already October. <laughs> no, I no kidding, right? Like we're already, as you said, rushing past this month, and we're getting very, very closer to November <laughs> for whatever reason. I guess days work like that. Um, yeah. But how are things in Albuquerque? How are you doing over there? It's going well in Albuquerque. The recent, just a couple week, a week or two ago, the balloon fiesta wrapped up. It was the fiftieth International Balloon Fiesta. Um, which didn't see as much balloons because unfortunately mm. the weather really played an impact mm -hmm. it was either rainy thundering or just cold weather tends to do that right <laughs> kind of yeah. impact the overall events but yeah i saw some of those photos on uh facebook and was really uh, being from new mexico i really love the balloon fiesta kind of miss it but uh yeah it's, uh, i saw saw some of the balloons that went up mm -hmm. so uh, you being a former student, so you graduated, and you're you're now at New Mexico Highlands University. Is that right? I'm kind of in the trend. I was supposed to go to New Mexico Highlands, but unfortunately, some stuff came up. So now I'm at, trying to transfer to UNM. Oh, wow. That's awesome. So I'm kind of taking... Because see, at Highlands, I didn't have to work on a minor. It mm -hmm. was just basically the major. Right. At UNM, you have to do the major or a double major or a minor oh, so wow. i'm taking two classes at cnm kind of went back there but it's cheaper <laughs> right. so i only <laughs> needed two more classes for a communication degree wow. so i'm getting those two classes for the communication degree at cnm and then i'm hoping to transfer in the spring to your own that's awesome what has been your experience with college going virtual what was that experience like oh man at the very beginning it was very um fun very stressful very i at that point up to march 2020 i never did online classes i never mm -hmm. I, I always heard the horror stories of online classes <laughs> and just how yeah. difficult and etc they are so i was like i just never really paid attention so in march 2020 i was taking in-person classes and then they all had to move online and honestly it was hard trying to like just get used to it mm -hmm. and i think after the first semester of the spring of 2020 i was like okay this is probably going to be a while now so i was like forced myself to getting used to it and i act now now i i like it because i have the flexibility to work on assignments write papers or whatever I, 
all times of the night or four o'clock in the morning or <laughs> in the afternoon and one of the things i like about it because i have a learning disability mm. and a lot of those instructors post their discussions or post their lectures online and i'm able to watch those discussions or lectures 20 times mm -hmm. 10 times to get the full concept of what they're teaching compared mm -hmm. to in person where sometimes they will let you record them sometimes they don't so it's kind of like only that one time lecture and trying to recap it yeah <laughs> so that's kind of the one thing that uh, one thing i really come to enjoy about online classes wow okay fantastic thank you so much for sharing with that now i do have uh, a, a related unrelated question uh you hold various identities so one identifying with the navajo nation uh, and uh, various other identities as well. Do you take it? Do you care to take a moment to share with the audience those identities that you hold? I'm from the Navajo Nation as well as a. I'm an Indigenous woman, and I'm a little person. I don't. So for some of those people who might wonder what a little person is, if you have ever seen, there's a couple reality shows out there. Um, the Little People, Big World, Seven Little Johnsons, and the Little Couple. I'm kind of one of those people. <laughs> mm -hmm. So then I have a, I'm a student with a learning disability. All right. Thank you so much for sharing that. I think it's important for the audience to understand, right, that the uh, range of uh, guests that we have on our on the podcast uh, and to get a better understanding of who you are as a person too, right? Mm -hmm. um, because uh, we were talking earlier before we started recording is that sometimes when you meet people, they're taken aback uh, with, mm -hmm. uh, or their reactions are somewhat different uh, to you. You want to talk to a little bit about that? Yeah, because I think it's good to have for students to know um, of all types of stories out there who come from who have like a learning disability experience or who are going through a physical know that people early on will probably tell you that you can't do it um you can't because of this or this um ultimately you're the one who's in charge of it of that decision and know that you're able to do that you're mm -hmm. able to complete whatever you want to do and for my instance, people told me I would never be able to go to college because mm -hmm. of my disability, because of various factors. And I kind of didn't listen to that. I just said, you know what, you know, let's, let's give us a chance and <laughs> <laughs> kind of in the end found out uh, <laughs> something that I, I knew that was, that was possible to do. Yeah, absolutely. And we're so glad we you're here. <laughs> Um, what was something that you missed doing right before the pandemic hit? You, I'm sure you were involved with a lot of things. Uh, was there something that you missed uh, doing uh, or, or being a part I, of? I think family get-togethers. I think it was just like trying to get used to that new world of reality of like talking to people on Zoom. Yeah. <laughs> or like family Christmas or Thanksgiving, a lot of the holidays on Zoom or like not how it used to be and i think traveling around the navajo nation visiting places like we do in the summer and suddenly that all happened i think mm -hmm. and then having to suddenly plan really plan 
your shopping trips because yeah. it's like <laughs> I never thought in my world I see people fighting over toilet tissue or oh my gosh power over <laughs> wipes. it was just something that I never thought of and yeah it's like now it's like wow this is different back then <laughs> yeah absolutely absolutely I think uh seeing limited resources and dwindling resources especially over to uh, toilet paper which was something that I was blown away with uh with COVID's like really we're fighting over toilet paper but mm -hmm. uh I digress. Uh, so now with the world attempting to move on from COVID, we're really seeing a lot more activity, a lot more people being back on campus. Uh, are there things that you enjoy doing again that you've, you're like, oh, finally, we get to do this again? What, what would be those things? I think traveling again, visiting like our national parks, visiting um, the national parks in Colorado, Arizona, mm -hmm. New Mexico, and Utah. And I think getting way to experience like a, a holiday it's a holiday the holidays again not too much COVID restrictions yeah <laughs> but like <laughs> but i think you know trying to figure out that new norm but also i don't know because there's still people getting sick from it but also it's kind yeah, of yeah like, there is yeah just kind of get used to trying to get used to it again which i don't mm -hmm. know if it will ever be like getting could get used to it <laughs> right like we're i think this is this uh, this uh move for all of us to try to normalize covid and say you know it's already a part of us it's going to be here it's going to be present so yeah. let's yeah yeah i agree um on here so when, when when i asked you this question part of you uh you say love traveling do you love traveling to any specific states any particular place that you like visiting um colorado New Mexico, part of the New Mexico, Arizona, Utah, just like the national parks, the scenery, and it's just, I feel like it's very, a good way to leave the city All and right. just explore the, what's out there. And there's like, within like the four states, there's so many national monuments, state parks, and scenery that you could go out there and see. And Absolutely. like, you know, an example on the Navajo Nation, there's just so many like parks, not, not necessarily parks, but like back roads and <laughs> a lot of just like a lot to explore. Absolutely. Absolutely. What is something that you've learned about yourself during these quarantine times? What is something that you really, yeah, reflecting? I think really trying to stay motivated, trying to stay active, make like act have it live it up acting live a healthy living trying to like practice like because it was just staying home working from home and trying to find that balance of like healthy relationships how to keep your mental health in check and um this so this there's this phrase in our culture called it's like top it basically means self-resilience and self-determination and it's one of the important teachings that our elders t tell us to practice is to have that determination in everything you do because you know through history as we know history mm -hmm. this was something that we have experienced a lot worse than <laughs> you know try to continue to um be continue to be determined mm -hmm. and not let up and that's like 
one of the things that our Navajo Nation president, President Nez, really pushed during the COVID-19 was that phrase, because you take the time and to learn more about your culture, because unfortunately we had so many elders passing away and our elders are the ones who carry the culture, knowledge, the teachings, the language. So while going to school from home, I, I'm also a caregiver for my grandma and he's in her nineties and I was able to ask, basically ask her like, try to learn as all the teachings as I can. And, mm-hmm. you know, thankfully for technology to this day that I'm able to record stuff and record some of the teachings that she knows about our food. Mm-hmm. and tr- trying to continue to carry that knowledge and those traditions post this generation. And one of the th- things I think, and I remember back in, it was Ju- June or July where the pandemic was kind of at a peak. It wasn't yeah. not as bad. So I um, decided to organize a food drive for the Navajo Amazing. To back to eventually donate donate back up to the reservation so i t- collected food um poison trees and clocks right so like because slowly then you were able to find it clocks and a lot of cleaning supplies and um my sister's mother-in-law made like hundreds of math hundreds of masks and we t- took truckloads out there and just passed it upon our elders because a lot of that stuff you can't find couldn't find on the reservation because by the time it gets to the city like target albertson's and walmart that's like limited and by the time it gets to the reservation it was like Mm. none so having to often take supplies back home for those people who need it i'm glad that uh your community has a great leader in you that you were able to organize food drives and gather supplies for the community so amazing and outstanding work thank you for sharing that uh, so I am going to rewind it back a bit, Rachel, uh, to ask you about your upbringing, because we'd like to know what were you like uh, as a little one? What 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 was that world like for you? And what did you experience? I think it was very. Um, but trying to figure out, I think by three years old, I knew something which was I was different mm-hmm. um, from everyone else because I was so small. And I think trying to figure out living that reality yeah. <laughs> trying to um, find out how to like this is different because i think that's when i noticed because like some of my peers and everyone else was like this is different from what i'm used to <laughs> yeah so you early on you really identified as uh you feel you feel different or you felt different from everybody else mm-hmm. um so in in speaking about that what was uh family life like uh for you being ingrained in your family what was that like for you i think very supportive it was you know trying to f- adapt to this challenge because like with little people i'm like usually it was like that offset where usually if you're a little person, you usually either have it in the in other someone else in the family usually is mm-hmm. is a little person, but unfortunately, in my case, that wasn't. Mm. So it was kind of I think it was like a new challenge for people to get adapted to or to get used to. Yeah. Um. So 
for you, was it having to, and you said earlier that you had to adapt, how fast and how, what was the expectation of adaptation for you? I think trying to get used to it, trying to like mm. really understand how the world works and how, you know, the many medical problems that little people often face and problems little people see because each little person is different mm -hmm. so it's like so one little person could be facing multiple health issues right the next little person not really any health issues that they face oh, interesting um did you grow up with siblings yeah i have a brother and a sister all right, older. So, are you the youngest in your family? I'm or the you... middle. You're the I'm middle. middle okay, yeah. awesome. Um, yeah. Are you all very far apart in years? Um, my sister and I are five years apart, six years apart, and my brother and I are eight, no, uh, nine to ten years apart. Oh wow! Yeah. Wow. How does that work in that dynamic? Like, uh, do you all? It's, yeah. It's fun. I think you don't really have not be able to live that kids moment i think because you're just growing basically grow up older people and just i think maturing um maturing early on like really mm -hmm. having to like grow up pretty fast it seems like <laughs> <laughs> right on. having to like grow up and see how the world works boom yeah extremely fast and it was just like how fast it goes <laughs> yeah my my youngest brother uh we're so we're we're nine years apart uh between me and my mm -hmm. my youngest brother and or 11 years apart we're 11 years apart and then uh, having to consolidate that because sometimes when you know family gatherings and all that there's a huge difference do you find that in your family too like uh in terms yeah. of thinking in terms of approach yeah like how like how to like plan like family holidays let's do this no let's do this let's do this and, like <laughs> well like anything that includes like something planning something big and where it's planned like needs multiple people multiple um people's input it was like <laughs> <laughs> and gatherings it's like so it's like a multiple 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 opinions to go off of <laughs> yeah so talk to us about the growing up then and the activities that you enjoyed doing. What were some of those activities? I think learning kind of like livestock, taking oh, care of animals, okay. taking care of a garden, taking care of um, learning how to really conserve water. Wow. Because on the reservation, only... Uh, last time I, I think it's like 20 to 40 percent of people have running water so yeah you really have to learn how to like conserve water like what people usually use in the daily amount is what people under reservation use in one week yeah <laughs> So you have to really, remember, yeah. Sorry, go ahead. I don't really remember the, the the gallons, like what the estimate was, but I think it was like seven gallons per week. Where 
people in the city use like i don't know 500 600 gallons a day <laughs> wow and multiply that by the amount of people that live there and oh my gosh yeah wow really having to learn how to like uh, conserve water and even like having to learn how to um learn what a lot of people consider today learning as adults a lot of people on the reservation learn it when they're when they're young wow when they're yeah so conservation really becomes ingrained in what you do and and you're conscious mm-hmm. about your day-to-day tasks yeah because even now it's like they like say that like the real grand like you know a water crisis i'm like true yeah it's like yeah but it's like and just like watching how all these city people are trying to like understand like what we have to restrict the water and like yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and i think right <laughs> and it's like i think some people are like what and i'm like yeah well something i've been doing for like yeah you you're, yeah. you've adapted to that that's something that you're like you know this was mm-hmm. this was already daily life for you mm-hmm. and uh i think for a lot of people the reality starting to set in that our resources are finite and we couldn't be just using water as liberally as we wanted to that exactly that we were supposed to be conserving all this time mm-hmm. yeah wow it's 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 get used to because even mm-hmm. now like for example like going back home on the reservation because i live, live here in the city and it's like wait what <laughs> <laughs> like oh yeah um and that's like for example that's one of the things in the pandemic you know they were telling like the health department was telling people on the reservation you need to wash your hands seven times a day you know wow. and people are like we don't have that water like yeah it was like we don't have all that water to wash our hands it was like, wow. and i think that's when a lot of it slowly and um within the last couple of, since 2020 people realized that a lot of people on the reservation didn't have any water yeah and it was like what <laughs> until like really until like COVID hit it was like yeah oh yeah, yeah. It, it's 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 very ironic right that uh we knew some of these underlying social issues existed but that COVID mm-hmm. brought it all back to the front and uh yeah. especially uh, with scarcity of water or how people in in um reservations were being treated and mm-hmm. the access of of resources that they had uh we're still here yeah <laughs> and I think that's when wow. a lot of people around the world and across the country really saw it because it was getting brought so um nationalized and that's when people started donating and kind of mask and a lot of people thought it like reaching out right on so rewinding that back still a little bit talk to us about your experience in school like when you were little and mm-hmm. what was it like for you being in elementary school so when i was in like kindergarten first grade i was homeschooled but i was like they wanted to see just how that gonna work mm. and i think they kind of like you know because i was the one who was a social dean mm-hmm. i was like the one like homeschooling you no know? <laughs> and so they decided to invest into the public school or decided to you know give this a shot and one of my memories was literally the first day of school mm. I rode the wrong bus because I thought oh, no. every bus. I literally thought every bus just takes you to where you live. Yeah, like, you know, I didn't know that. I knew there was such a thing as numbers, but I'm like, okay, that bus must probably take you 
like to your house and not realizing it was like wait literally the only one left on the bus oh no <laughs> it was like uh yeah oh, no. yeah it's just like trying to get used to that, that like the difference between public school and homeschooling yeah and i think um i don't really remember too much about my elementary years because it was like honestly so many like 15 years ago it seems like mm-hmm. so um what i it was kind of the year those years were trying to find out more about i guess what i wanted to do in life okay and so like during those they would have they call it book talks book reports and you would find a book that interests you and somehow you would have to compare it or put it in the expect the in um like where you think yourself where you see yourself 10 years from now 20 years from now of what type of jobs you want to do and I would often always dress up as a chef or as a firefighter, which was okay. Honestly, now thinking about it, it's so weird because it's those not, really none of my interests. Like those are mm, not so really. it's a far cry, right, from yeah. where you are now to what you wanted before. Yeah, it was just kind of like now it's like, huh? And I would just remember some of those, just like more the activities because. Mm-hmm. I really enjoy it because of like again you know going back to you know, having a learning disability a lot of those four subjects which were like reading math history and science they were a struggle and it was like mm. i think i just never took interest in them because it was just like i even get it over with get the gate <laughs> get the grade and like go on <laughs> kind of thing yeah so but it was more of like i guess art science and i think that's amazing yeah so is that the aspect of school that you really like the most is just really figuring out who you were yeah figuring out who i was and trying to like um careers and just the fun part of education okay. not too much of the not too much of the because i always thought okay and now i remember one of the things i always thought was because i struggled in like in a lot of language arts and math so my i always wanted to try to find that job where it never included reading it never included math ah and okay it was like okay um eventually in the end i was like okay every job includes one of those two yeah <laughs> and i think i was like <laughs> at that point i was like okay i need to really like push myself and i had to like you know notice okay it's not going to come easy now i have to like right work more hard for to be able to complete those goals absolutely uh, so during your time in school were there any memorable teachers or people that helped mm. it along in your education not really honestly i think that's where um i would say my college instructors come into place oh okay yeah because a lot of those teachers they kind of instead it was more of um you want to be i guess more put downs i guess we'd mm-hmm. say it was because of these factors that you're uh, you are facing, you won't be able to complete it. You won't be able to mm. do. And you know, because of my disability, they wanted me to put put me on a different college I diploma see. pathway. 
And I said, no, I want to, I want a college diploma like everyone else. Mm -hmm. And I think they were kind of like shocked. And and I said, no, I want a college diploma like everyone else. Yeah. So, and they were like, yeah. And they were like, well, you're below grade level in this and this. And I'm like, so let's, right. <laughs> let's, let's do it. figure it out. Yeah. Let's, let's do it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so it really sounds like then uh, that during, during this time you were getting a lot of no's is, was that discouraging or, or how did you, how did you overcome that? It was, I think having to kind of really go back on to advice from just those reality TV shows of people who I looked up to kind of like because I would always like to watch them and mm-hmm. kind of I guess try to live in their moment mm-hmm. and figuring out of how can I change how can I be the influence of others but also trying to figure out that pathway of being successful yeah so made it through through elementary how did your family prepare you for middle school um i think that's when they really told me that um about um uh, classes that where you won't have one teacher instead you will have like multiple teachers and um a lot of classes where you have to it now is the step where you start the work will increase each year mm-hmm. and like the stuff that you like now it's like time to pay attention because like the stuff that you learn in sixth grade it just builds off of it <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and it was like now you need to take a little more preparation and it was a little more um i think always i think having to really try to because they with how the school districts, I guess, with how the school looked at students who have disabilities, let's, let's just put them in life-based classes, mm-hmm. how to learn how to do life-based skills. And, you know, that works for other students, but you know that didn't really work for me. Mm-hmm. You know, like, I want to learn more about just life-based skills. I want to learn more about, like, how to, um, the four, the four core subject areas and, the electives and trying to build that confidence of like knowing you know six seven years from that at that point you know mm-hmm. high schools is going to be completing soon kind of thing right <laughs> so, trying to like learn all those crazy math problems algebra and then it was like pre-algebra and then geometry and it was like what yeah <laughs> yeah so uh, was there any family member that really helped you during this time I think my mom, my mom, mom helped me because it was like some things on the homework assignment. So I was like, what in the world is this? Yeah. And then I think also advocating because at that point, she's like, you need to do more advocating. This is yeah. how you need to like kind of, I guess, started showing me like the professional, the professional way of advocating, not mm. like demanding advocating, mm. <laughs> <laughs> more like the professional <laughs> Um, ways to advocate for yourself absolutely uh was it something just prior experience for your mom like she knew to advocate for you she knew that you needed uh right to to get those services or the resources Mm -hmm. that you needed yeah she did and you know in elementary of course you know she advocated a lot and then now it's like okay 
you need to start learning how to you know if you don't get something raise your hand <laughs> or <of> like right <laughs> if you don't understand something or if you need help or if you need like don't come home to me and tell me yeah instead you need to like at that point in time <laughs> like okay yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it yeah. sounds like your mom really prepped you for a lot of self-advocacy mm -hmm. yeah she did wow. that's awesome that's amazing um was medical uh, was middle school everything you expected um i think so but it the, a lot of the work was something to get used to mm. the water work and then the like passing period and then learning to carry a lot of the load like yeah. responsible for your bags responsible for you know asking when you need to go like get your makeup work and it was like a whole new world <laughs> Yeah, for sure. Mm -hmm. Were there any subjects that you immediately gravitated toward? Um, I think New Mexico history, because yeah. it was something I was able to kind of relate to already. Mm -hmm. And then, oddly enough, with life science, because in life science we dissect stuff like fogs and I don't. I just remember the fog. I don't remember any other of the stuff. Like we dissect stuff, and it was fun. It was yeah. like because it was hands-on and at the time that's how i was able to learn right. successfully was really hands-on so it was like yeah and then of course with new mexico history it was just kind of like what was happening like right this the state we live in and and then the at the, and that part of the history timeline was where a lot of the things with the navajo people the native americans were taking place so they were like mm -hmm. okay let's just put that event in there and it was able to come faster to remember what those events were happening amazing um middle school is usually a time for students to pick extracurricular activities and to identify things that they want to you know have opportunities in, in, in participation um mm -hmm. did you get to get any opportunity to be in, in an activity or to participate in anything um I when I found the Native American Club, that's when I wanted to. I joined, and um, that's when I noticed there was not just one tribe. There was like ah. when I learned there was like over five hundred tribes. Wow. <laughs> because, yeah, yeah, yeah. And of course, in the Native American Club, it's just not all Navajo people. It's mixed with other Native American people from other mm -hmm. tribes. So I was like, oh, <laughs> and then um. Then for athletics, I joined the volleyball team. Oddly enough, I don't know why, but I just like, let's just do this. Because I wanted to join football. And then I found out football was for guys, not girls. Mm, yeah. <laughs> so I was like, let's do volleyball. And that was, I guess, um, interesting. <laughs> yeah. Uh, did you enjoy it? Did you like it? Yeah, not the running part, though. <laughs> 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 not the ready and like the pre-exercising like jumping jacks but shoves all that but hitting the ball it was kind of i guess you'd call it a stress reliever oh cool yeah after like the end of the day of school and go to practice and then just hit the balls like over the net yeah <laughs> so like i felt it was a way to tell i guess your anxiousness or your stress or whatever on the ball instead of 
Definitely. Like verbally or physically, or you could just use the ball. <laughs> yeah. So around this time, now you're you're going through middle school. High school is usually where students are feeling extremely excited or very nervous. What mm-hmm. range did you fall in? anxiety and a lot of like at that time that's where because we went back to like because i was on an iep and Mm -hmm. a student with a learning disability they started telling presenting to me of all the types of um diploma plans they have Mm -hmm. and i was like huh um to my knowledge there's only this one diploma that everyone gets mm-hmm. and they're like no let's do this one and i'm like no what's not and and i think they were caught off surprise because of already the app the advocacy and mm-hmm. like of course they don't want to go against the student will <laughs> so <laughs> it was like um okay then yeah let's, um let's figure this out this is a new one i think was for them to try to like um to handle because I, I don't know if they put everyone on the other plans or yeah. <laughs> who knows very interesting so, so you were w- the one advocating for let me stay on this track let me let me do this one i don't want these adjusted other uh, uh the high school diplomas these are this is not the one i want i want this one mm-hmm. wow so yeah. from an early age to now still very much like you do it your way exactly and right. of course it was it was not always easy mm-hmm. having to like fight not fight but like having to really stay on top of it with you know if the teacher or someone doesn't want to do it it was having to like okay and then let's go up the level like kind of learning what you were learning the job well now like the 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 what do they call it the hierarchy system like the mm-hmm. manager the pre-manager yeah. and then finally the head person but instead it was like the your instructional your the case man the, the case worker and then the counselor and then the assistant principal and then the instructional leader and then finally the principal and then finally that someone at the district level hopefully doesn't have to go that far mm-hmm. but at that age learning all the types of demands or wow. like how each person has a job feel job description at that yeah. age really like having to learn like <laughs> all that which yeah. was crazy yeah i i bet um what well, was uh, college part of your family's conversation was was college something that um, uh, your family talked about yeah because they kind of started like you start saving money if you want to go to college and i was like huh what <laughs> saving money for college what <laughs> Because I always, you know, thought of like, okay, because I, I had that thinking, hey, it's education, you know, you don't need to pay for education, but it's free. Yeah, yeah. And then when they told me about stop saving if you want to go to college, you need to stop saving money. And I was like, what on earth? <laughs> it was, <laughs> what? Yeah. And it was like, and like, stop saving money or you start applying for scholarships. And it was like, and that was kind of like, uh, okay. Yeah, and then looking at the ACT, the SAT, and all that stuff, it was like you have to pay for these. You have to study what? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was just kind of it was a lot, and I think yeah, meaning 
And then at the after, kind of little after that, they started telling like the universities talking about you need to go. And I'm like, uh, so you have to move away from home and then you go to the university and attend classes. Yeah. It was just so new. <laughs> <laughs> and then I said, okay, do other like IEPs? They're like, no, it's like, that's where you go for the wow. disability resource center. Mm-hmm. You, there's no thing there's, 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 of course they have to provide accommodations by federal law sure sure but there's no such thing as an iep and i was like what in the world okay <laughs> <laughs> yeah so it was a lot of like the knowledge system my knowledge system was just really different it was just mm-hmm. like so much new things to consider absolutely and that's when they told me then they told me after i wasn't kind of doing too well of the four-year college pathway but trying to plan for that and they're like just to the community college and i was like you just now tell me this mm. <laughs> like you just now tell me like <laughs> and that was and they're like because we're, we're seeing the result on the act like really low numbers and you know different scholarships that you couldn't meet well, because mm-hmm. of those numbers, it was getting really close. And finally, they like January of 2018, they're like, check out the community college. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what's that? Yeah. <laughs> okay, then. It was like, <laughs> and it kind of went from there. And one of the things I remember telling my, because at that time, the high school counselors were really having to um, want to know your plans. Yeah. And I remember. I told my high school counselor, she's like, do you want to, because she's like, I'm probably the last one on her list to like tell her, but she was like, so what's your plan? I was like, I want to go to a community college. And she's like, what about the university? Mm-hmm. And I was like, um, I, I don't, I don't, first of all, I don't have the resources and the money and, you know, finding out I could get the, the 100 to 200 courses completed at the community college. Mm-hmm. And then she's like, well, you just for your information, community colleges are for dumb people. Oh, and I'm I sorry. was like, "Where'd you go with that?" I was like, "Huh?" Uh, and then it was just like that phrase of how they t- guess you know how they now tell people like the community college of like don't go there, but really, it's like you're saving that investment. You're saving. It really is, yeah. Like so much money, and because of how much you would and that's at that point i knew there was two the like all types of colleges <laughs> yeah attend. wow yeah <laughs> like yeah <laughs> so learning about the the different options that you had i think that uh, allowed you then to kind of explore right mm-hmm. right yeah so coming back to high school what is it about high school that you enjoyed the most oh man i think uh, playing on the golf team. Oh, you were on the golf team. Mm-hmm. Amazing. And being able to be part of that first year that on the, t- one of those, on that team where they won the first state championship of the year, like mm. of the, within the, within the time. Uh-huh. And it was just, um, learning a lot of new adventures, learning a lot of new, you know, I was in theater tech. I thought I was going to go into the theater world, mm-hmm. and that never happened. <laughs> and a lot of, um, I did a, I 
took a lot of, I guess, office management classes mm-hmm. and learning how to like communicate with people by answering the telephone, file work, and like the stuff that de- didn't require student confidential stuff. <laughs> mm, interesting. Yeah. So it was like learning how to do that. And I think that's where like leadership stuff I learned and how to like work in the world in the real world requires mm-hmm. so and i what else it was a lot of golf and then theater tech i enjoyed and then i think that well just like if they call it spirit fridays just like dressing up in your spirit clothes <laughs> okay <Yeah>. and <laughs> just like the end of the week because it was always fun and it was Friday and you get to dress up and celebrate, I guess, being that mascot. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, what was the most challenging thing about high school? Um, I think having to really, going back to the bullying, being bullied and mm, I'm sorry to hear that. because of like going back to how being a little person mm. and it was like, something new for people to get used to and it was also just sometimes like high school boy like boys would like use me as an armrest mm. going upstairs and it was just kind of like no thank you um <laughs> trying to get used to that new dynamic and it was like what on earth and then i think just trying to pass all those exams that they really enforce for graduation mm-hmm and it was like, I don't know how many times I took that math exam. Like they call it the end of course exam. Mm-hmm. So like you have to pass each each of them, mm-hmm. at least in each area. And it was like the math, it was like getting really close to graduation and the, the math when I was still like, I was like, <laughs> finally I was like, okay, I looked at because it was like, once you take, once you do it the first time, it's a different exam the next time. Mm-hmm. So it was like, you know, you either get a negative number or you don't get a negative number and <laughs> trying to figure out those equations. <laughs> so I think it was trying to, you know, graduate because, you know, really after being told you couldn't really do get a job without a high school diploma. Mm, yeah. It was like, okay, um, we'll try to like really push to the end. And then eventually that happened. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> yeah. As you were going through high school, did you get the ability to discuss your goals with a guidance counselor? Mm, I did. Um, you know, like going back to what I said earlier, how she told me was how community community colleges were made for dumb people. Were mm. made for at that point because that was kind of my second appointment with her for that year. Mm-hmm. Because in the previous years, I never really t- went to her because it was just like, really, unless you something was wrong with your schedule kind of thing. So I didn't really get to know her until like my second year. My, okay. My final year, like my junior year, my end of my junior year to, to June, to June, to senior year. So I got to know her briefly. And when I, I think after she told me that, it was like, that kind of really set the tone different because now I'm having to like um, figure that all out and just mm-hmm. kind of using 
um there was this program back then it was called Naviance and it was kind of like a a research program of how about colleges and and at that point I found a timeline for CNM and I kind of just went off of that and just kind of went with the advisor with CNM and started talking about what I needed to get done so that's just kind of how it happened <laughs> right on um now as has high school drew to a close for you as as you were about to graduate did you give any additional thoughts about college and what that would look like for you mm, yeah i think by like november 2000 no, november 2017 i had to i was like because the fast was going to open fast fast already opened mm-hmm. and it was a month and my sister who was in college was like you need to get this done you need to mm-hmm. and i was like that's kind of when i found out about free money <laughs> I was like, this free money is such a thing as scholarships. So that's when I found out Pell Grant. I was like, what? Huh? Interesting. <laughs> and then she was like, stay away from the loans, though. Like, stay away from the student loans, though. And I'm like, and at that point, I was like, oh, okay. And then I just like fill out the FAFSA. And then that's when I learned more about what taxes are. You need, like, what's your parents' taxes? And it was like, mm, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was like, what on earth? <laughs> And it was like, okay, I'm like, this is what y'all need to get done to go to college. <laughs> it was like, oh my goodness. And then, so I did that. And then, um, when I started talking to the CNM counselor, she she didn't want to use my ACT scores mm-hmm. because without just with how the things backed up, so she um recommended me taking the acupressure. And I was like. I don't know how many times I took that thing, but <laughs> <laughs> it was like because it was like I was either entering like a lot of like not the really low classes, but it was kind of the classes where you need so much more prerequisites. Yeah. So it was like so she was like trying to get me to the one where I only need that one prerequisite and then take that um that final class for that prerequisite. So it was like Okay, let's go back and let's do another one. I'm like, I was like, okay. And I think finally I just kind of like, I noticed, I think after like the sixth time, I was like, okay, I think these questions are the same. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I was like, I wanted to create a course they take this, they take the scratch paper from you. And I was like, trying to mentally remember, I was like, okay, that one was <laughs> like, okay. Um, and then I was like, at the end, I was like, that's how that equation did it. Like, mm-hmm. okay, I think that's good to go. And like, then I took it, submit that, but I was like, okay. <laughs> but I think at that point, I was like, because in March, March or April, I don't remember, I got a letter from CNM and it was like, you qualify for the the Bridge to Success scholarship, which. Oh, interesting. Yeah. And then it goes and into the it turns into the lottery scholarship awesome. so i got that letter and i was like and it was like 700 800 dollars and it was like and i kind of i think really learned at that point what there's such a thing that's called free money but mm-hmm. kind of like that base of like there even though you go to school but there's those things that are called grant scholarships and i was like huh Okay, guess I'll 
since it was offered, <laughs> I kind of really enforced the issue more. I was like, okay, right. yes, I need to go get that college degree since someone is paying my education. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So when it kind of really kind of all fell into place. Fantastic. So then now here's here's graduation. What was high school graduation like for you? Um, it was different. It was very much um um how just how as what most of us would think of what college not college high school graduation is like a time to celebrate your success yeah and the high school i went to was very much in was very much i don't know they banned students from wearing the regalian really like the the cords you get you're not allowed to wear and to this day it's still like that and like your national honor society stuff you're not allowed to wear that you're um you're not allowed to decorate your cap you have to dress formal it's just like how that all was like and having to make those decisions it was like yeah very like what this is such so controlled this is so controlled so restricted. <laughs> like, yeah yeah it's like, not to graduate you're supposed to celebrate but not have a restricted graduation kind of thing so trying to go through all those hoops but i think when when I walked across that stage, I remember I was like, okay, this is it. This is yeah. like, uh, the ends of the ends of free education is over. <laughs> you know, <it's> like, <laughs> I like how you worded that. Like it's the end of free education. Exactly. It was like <laughs> the end of free education is over. And I mean, it's not necessarily free, you know, right. parents pay, pay out taxes for it, but right. like, you know, we don't, it's like, we don't have to pay directly each month. Right. <laughs> right. So that's when I was like, okay, this is something I, this is like, um, just having to really, I think, make, make those final decisions because mm-hmm. like at that point, due dates were having, that's when I learned about what a transcript was. Oh. At this point, I never knew what a transcript was. So you just learned about transcripts. Talk to us about that. What, what, what do you mean? Like you just I learned because what a I knew was? I knew what a report card was. Yeah. And they're like, because when I was applying for CNM, they're like, we need your high school transcript. And I was like, you mean my report card? They're like, no, a high school transcript. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I was like, what on earth is a transcript? And I was the, so I went back to the high school and I'm like, this is what they need. Yeah. And they're like, yeah, this is what you need. This is here. This is how you do it. And I'm like, and I, <laughs> all my grades from the past four years on that. And I was like, oh, okay then. <laughs> yeah. It was just like, what on earth? <laughs> yeah. So that full yeah. realization of like, they're asking for something completely different here. It's yeah, not like transcripts. Yeah, and transcripts. And, and then at that point, I realized to apply for the disability resource to receive accommodations mm-hmm. you have to apply there's actual application to apply and it's not like in high school in um k through 12 school where they it's the school's responsibility to let them know or those people like be transfer transfer all that yeah at that point i was like actually the one now i'm the one who has to go in there and make those mm make those meetings make those right. um to get those accommodations on at that point i was like this is like this is so new and i think that's kind of 
why I don't think they never expect they never told me about that like from high school like because I don't think they imagine that someone with a disability would go to college yeah yeah <laughs> so they probably just like we don't take the time to tell that we you know and then finally it was like now finding all this out I was like wow what on earth <laughs> <laughs> yeah wow yeah so talk to us about life after graduation what kept you busy um the final months i think was like june to august trying to enjoy that last like the the summer of free like really actual um not busy kind of do the stuff i want to do before it gets before i got really hectic and crazy in life and what traveling and then oh what else did i do trying to finalize all those finalize um finalize everything before the semester's open and then in that june the classes open and i was like they're like you need to register for your classes and then mm -hmm. i was like what me register for classes <laughs> i was like i was like what yeah because all this before they would not do it for you but they would like you fill out on a list of like the classes you want and then they'd do it for you and it was taken yeah. care of not knowing i would actually like manually go in and <laughs> right that that experience of having to choose the classes that is completely uh, a completely foreign concept right mm -hmm. and having to like then like learn how to plan a schedule mm, like, yeah having to like <laughs> yeah. make sure it's just the campus you want to go at it's just mm -hmm. making sure your schedule fits not where you're at all these other campuses on the same day mm -hmm. or making sure that all either in the same campus the same time doesn't match up and it was like organization one-on-one big time trying to like and then which professors to choose and not to choose and that's when i found out about wait my professor oh oh yeah okay yeah and i was like they're like you use this kind of thing i was like oh that's such a thing okay yeah. then <laughs> <laughs> so yeah it was amazing very interesting yeah um when you decided to go to college what helped you in the decision to settle on a particular college um, that you were going to i think the tuition kind of at that point getting more knowledge about the community college and knowing which was like something totally foreign to me at the time now i kind of like i'm glad i did it but mm -hmm. knowing that way you get your 100 to 200 classes done at the community college for a so much cheaper price than oh, taking that one class yeah. 400 where at the university that's like your tuition <laughs> <laughs> true and very very true yeah knowing that it's like that's like your tuition i was like and then that, that didn't really really matched up to me at the time mm -hmm. until i saw it on paper like the admissions council you know i was like this is what it is that you know like english 101 at unm is 400 dollars yeah. here it's like at the time like 50 47 dollars so it wasn't it, there's a huge <laughs> price difference at a community college where you're learning basically the same thing <laughs> over a university gotcha yeah and then she showed me the syllabus like she is for english 101 this is what they're doing and she kind of like started comparing tasks and i was like oh okay yeah and then kind of learning that's when i learned money of course at the time learning that money don't grow on trees and how you have to make these like right. physical 
decisions of how to like save money but also not spend it all at once (laughs) (laughs) so and yeah and just trying to um so that made that was one kind of made that decision and then um knowing the their services they provide more services as well as the amount of scholarships they have just like not the federal or state they also have like foundation scholarships which was kind of oddly some of the ones i got was after a lot of the ones of the people in the memory of but i was like Mm, so like the memorial scholarships <laughs> yeah it was like kind of like really weird but it was just like <laughs> okay <laughs> so because it was because at cnn one of the things that they want they make not make you do but they really recommend is writing a thank you note to whoever sponsored the scholarships oh yeah yeah so when you finding that out and i was like and i was reading about it but the like in the memory of and i was like what is in that so i started searching that up yeah and i was like oh this was just a secret and after realizing <laughs> i got more of those scholarships and i was like okay <laughs> so you you had to, you got a lot of memorial scholarships and you were reflecting like okay so this is in memory of somebody <laughs> yeah <laughs> getting their, their scholarship off their reel and it was like oh my goodness this is it's a little, it's a little pressuring it's but, a, little, a little bit <laughs> all the same time because right the the people that awarded to you are like you're living up to this person's legacy that they left left behind so that's a little pressure and so that's what like my advisor said because she's like so like look at these people Mm -hmm. and i'm like okay so i you know started looking at them i was like oh my like i remember one of them i don't remember the person who died that i remember um that one person Mm -hmm. whose scholarship i got was um like a, it was like a state senator a state a state politician and i right, was like right, right. oh i'm like oh my goodness <laughs> <laughs> so yeah i was like why am i getting like not the other ones that are like from you know other foundations right like a foundation scholarship or whatever and so i get them in memory of so and so i was like <laughs> okay <laughs> i mean at least to, to your credit they saw something in you they 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 mm-hmm. see, they've seen something in you that carries that person's legacy so yeah completely totally justified but to, to see memorial scholarships yeah you're, you're kind of intimidated by that a little bit going ah now i have to kind of live up to these expectations yeah that was totally new to me because someone's been like so someone who's trying to apply for scholarships and then at that point i knew that there was all types of scholarships mm-hmm. but i never like believed that phrase until like that moment i was like okay yeah now there's all types of scholarships because <laughs> of the ones i got <laughs> right <laughs> yeah so already kind of starting your foot off at cnm how did you find out about trio student support services mm-hmm. so in the summer 20 so in september 2019 um i lost a family member um, i'm sorry to hear that who passed literally the, f- the first week of the fall semester and there was like so much going on trying to plan everything and at that point i was like so i literally went into the system because it was the first week of school so you could still drop classes with a refund with not getting penalized so i don't i don't remember what day it was i went in i was like okay drop 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 and i said to myself i can't do this i don't mm-hmm. get about it let's just let's pick up education someday else kind of thing mm-hmm. so 
not even I wasn't even thinking about the financial aid list. I wasn't even thinking about the scholarships and because a lot of those scholarships I was on, they were like, but continuing, you have to continue to keep getting them. Like continue to have enrollment to continue to um to get the scholarship. Mm-hmm. I wasn't even thinking about none of that. <laughs> and so after everything finally finished the funeral finally was over with the burial with all that, I was like that's when I started to hit because I saw my grandma here and I was like awfully bored and I was like so my friend was like told me about late start classes and I was like what on the list is late start classes mm-hmm. I was like is that where you show up to class late she goes no like late start <laughs> classes are where you have 15 week classes mm-hmm. 12 week classes and 7 mm-hmm. week classes and then there's intercession I was like oh and she goes you get, you get taught all the same thing, but just in a smaller time frame. Right. But often the professors are a little more straightforward. They mm-hmm. they leave out all the unnecessary work. Mm-hmm. So, so I was like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, so, and then she's like, and then she kind of made a comment. She's like, you really need to sign up for trio. And I thought to, I was like, yeah, what? <laughs> Like, what's like what what's this word what are you for like telling me what's this word i'm like and trio. she's like <laughs> i was like tri-. so she looked it up so she let me to look it up uh-huh. so i was like looking at trio and then took me i think it was like i don't think it was like took me to the national the national website mm-hmm. on the education page and i was like okay i said but this is located in washington dc what are you trying to do <laughs> She goes. She was trying to no. ship you off to DC. <laughs> she's like, no, no, no. Let's no. So she's like, type in CNN Trio. I was like, so I typed it in, and then she was filled that application out. Mm-hmm. Like, and then I was like, what do I label myself as? Because it was like first generation student with disability or low income, right? And she's like, select those two. <laughs> okay, and then fill out the question, and then. For a while, because it was a kind of a, like a bit a delay, because mm-hmm. like, they're trying to get everyone in, and then it was the semester starting. So I was like, okay. So finally, I think it was in, and then COVID all happened. Yeah, <laughs> the pandemic hit right there in the middle of it. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, at that point, I was like, what? Am-? I was like, oh my goodness, this is like. So, um, I told my friend, I was like, this application that you told me, no one has never reached out to me about them again. Did I just like? give my information to some people she goes <laughs> she's like, they haven't reached out to me I was like no no one hasn't had so she's like email this lady which mm-hmm. was magda magda okay so i was like what do i tell her like what if i like email this lady what do i tell her i'm interested in trio what am i I <laughs> like what do i was, say to her yeah and she's and like this director this higher person i'm like i never <laughs> She's like, you know, this is what you tell her. That. And then, so I basically told her what my friend told me to Because my friend was a trio student, that's why. Mm-hmm. So she was like, tell them that you're interested. Tell them you fill out the application back like several months ago. And then COVID hit and tell them that you're so interested. So, you know, I told her all that. And literally like 30 minutes later, she wanted to set up an interview. Oh, wow. Quick. And I was like, uh, okay. I was like, an interview? <laughs> okay okay and then she's and then i did that and then she's like here fill out this packet 
and I was like, I'm so, and I just thought to myself, I told my friend, I'm like, what are you having me do? Giving my all this information <laughs> to some foreign <laughs> institute, seemed like all of like, I didn't want to know how much your parents make. And I was like, I don't know. Like, <laughs> yeah. So I did all that. And then, um, kind of, I think, really finding out at that time, it took a while after they, they got everything processed. Mm-hmm. And they told me the stuff they did. And then workshops and that's how I was just kind of really finding out about Trio about that's how I really found out about it. I was just wow. like kind of just it was something that I was just kind of my friend told me to apply for it and I was like, Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so now I don't regret it because looking at it like almost five and a half years late not five and a half. Four and a half years later. Mm-hmm. like it's a decision i don't regret making that's good that's that's awesome so in mm-hmm. speaking of trio can you talk to us about your trio journey mm, after i think it was a journey that honestly i don't regret making i found out a lot about what i wanted to do in my future what i wanted to do and how there was more services that i could do and they could provide and have that luxury of having access to your advisor mm-hmm. like when you need like he, it was an advisor that was specifically for trio students mm-hmm. and not other trio students not like non-students specifically works with trio students where you have a better better access act um contacting them and that's what that was a new one for me because like most times these students have like 30 minutes with their advisor and it was mm-hmm. like 30 minutes to answer one question 15 minutes to answer one question and mm-hmm. then by then okay we have to get going now kind of thing but not knowing where these advisors could you know a whole hour you, t- right. you tell them you tell them that you need an hour <laughs> <laughs> and then they sit with you and ask all the questions you need and i think that and then the tutoring and of course, there was still during the pandemic, so there was a lot of the services was virtual. So the, there was a lot of the stuff that they have to offer. And tutoring was this tutoring program they used, which was tutoring me, mm-hmm. where they were able to have access to students all across, like tutors all across the world. And at the time that you want to meet with them. Mm-hmm. If it's like four o'clock in the morning, two o'clock in the morning, and one of the things I like was, if you didn't like that tutor, you don't have to use them again. <laughs> and you know, so I was kind of one one thing I enjoyed because during that time I was taking a lot of my heavy requirement, which was like statistics, um, science courses, history courses. So and those were some of the courses I kind of struggled in. So it's like during the pandemic I couldn't really. It was hard to have that in-person access with the instructor. So I often really referred back to Tutomi to try to get those, to get that help at like all hours of the night. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I think um, one thing I enjoyed was how they, the workshops, which were the ones I did were 
a lot with budgeting, financing, and how to learn to study or even like note taking. Because mm-hmm. back in the day of note taking, I would like copy down the whole slide <laughs> <laughs> or copy word to word what what the professor said, and then by the time I'm like getting an exam, studying for those, I'm lost. I'm, I was like lost. I'm like okay, um, the like copy i would like copy all the unnecessary stuff and i have some like scrambling back and like oh okay (laughs) so taking a lot of those workshops kind of really help now like as i prepare for like you know these 400 300 400 classes knowing what to expect and then it was just not the workshops but it was how they love how they really made they brought in a lot of the cultural enrichment events they had like oh yeah New Mexico is like such a diverse population from like mm-hmm. Hispanics to Native Americans to Caucasians to <laughs> African Americans, all like <laughs> so just like they bought in or most of it was all online. Mm-hmm. So it was last year was like it was November when they were able to bring back some of the stuff kind of in person. And I think one of the things um was the recognition events like the graduation one and then oh yeah def- yeah those the recognition events for like for, for those students who like made a gpa of like a 3.5 or higher you know because it feel like it was like it gives those students love knowing that they're doing well that mm-hmm. being successful right because sometimes they don't usually have that support at the home base mm-hmm. yeah that's true yeah because <laughs> it's usually the parent and they're having to like support their kid and then instead they're going to school and it feels like just so overwhelming mm-hmm. and it's just yeah it's just honestly just i think during that time i don't like during the time when i joined trio i don't think i don't know where i would be honestly i don't know i mean i probably kind of it's one of those scary things even think about like i wonder where i would be because <laughs> it was like the pandemic yeah. hit and then like so much and then everything that happened in that september and just like losing so much motivation at that mm-hmm. point mm-hmm. and having to really it felt like um kind of like the world was all going to fall apart already yeah. <laughs> and it was like and then knowing how like knowing this foreign program and <laughs> <laughs> the end it was like wow okay yeah. then it's something that you know i tell people now i tell um native american students out there or anyone you know if you qualify apply for that program because in the end you wouldn't regret it yeah. it's a program that's not that's their goal is to help students to graduation absolutely absolutely what is the one thing you remember most about being in trio student support services oh man so many i think when there was a time of hardship and when there was a time of need or if the the world felt like it was going to end there was someone always to talk to Mm -hmm. but also if since we were going through a pandemic there was a lot of times trying to find food or other resources so reaching out to them they either had it or they will put you in touch with someone mm-hmm. that had resources and i think just the generally of how they care they care about you 
the kind of like the you feel that love and support and that giving where there's so much to look forward to yeah. in the future and knowing even though after you leave the trio program after you graduate they're still there for you yeah <laughs> mm -hmm. so in because you identify as Native American more with the Navajo tribe, in what ways can TRIO help serve the Native community, in in your words? Mm. I think to continue to advocate, because TRIO is a federally funded program, and a lot of people who I have been able to get in, in contact with students who I know or people on the reservation through like some of the articles that were printed out there, you know, they took really great interest in this program. And they would often, they were, you know, they told me, you know, we asked our college about it. Sometimes they couldn't get in because of the limited funding. Mm -hmm. And I think, um, of course, you know, I think Drill would love to have to, except all the students who qualify, but because of Definitely. that really, that funding gap currently that since it's being a federal program and that federal program, which is controlled by Congress. Mm -hmm. and, and I think is continuing to have native, um, our native students, you know, advocate for advocate and write to the, the people, our Congress people, the Senate senators, on both parties to know this is a program that we need to support uh, indigenous students because most indigenous students are first generation college students mm -hmm. or low income or you know a lot of people who i know on the reservation it's they're usually the very first one to attend college mm -hmm. it's like none of their grandparents none of the uncles their aunties their parents and it's usually that one and that one student who decides to make that decision and then find out about a program that they think they could be support them to be successful but happen we get turned away yeah. because of funding i think that's something that people around the world you know in every state you know the state legislative state even in congress they need to start looking at hearing these students' story of how they change that decision of making students of wanting to pursue higher education and getting that degree. Not in, not in, like now it seems like they're trying to drop the programs and they want to get rid yeah. of it. You yeah. know, we often say that we need to, like if you want to have an educated future, an educated generation, these students are our future. Mm -hmm. They're the ones they post currently they need help. They need the support system, not programs getting defunded. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Great take, by the way. Thank you, Rachel. Uh, what did you like about CNM as you uh, as you experienced the college itself? I think the small the small classes, like the 15, because CNM really tries to have that one to 15 ratio with students. You know, they really try to push for smaller courses, like smaller um, classes with only 15 to 20 students in the classroom, mm -hmm. not some big lecture hall. <laughs> <laughs> and 
that was one of the things was the student environment and how much they care about student success. You know, many people who I heard I have heard in the past, they're like, you know, CNM doesn't care. I'm like, have you reached out? You need to, you know, reach out to people who to someone and then boom, you'd be surprised of the amount of services they will put you in touch with and the the number one was the affordable of education and how much they care about Native American success for students they have the, they literally have like oddly enough they have like a Native American resource center so where they have like academic advisors who identify as Native American who can answer a lot of those those questions that often the regular academic advisors don't mm -hmm. understand like regarding the tribal scholarships or what this paper because often the tribal scholarships office they ask for different people um ask for different papers like from um FAFSA or just papers that often students don't really know what in the world these papers are <laughs> <laughs> and you know considering to take it considered to take that and then um that happened of course within the pandemic they always if you need it help with food or um some kind of resources they had because of the cares act money they the cares act money that they got mm -hmm. they turned it into where you would apply online for a weekly into a weekly food drawing thing that they had mm -hmm. and they would like per give you money for resources for food which i think just the community resources they really like again care about students yeah health and wellness and like i think if like if someone told them that they weren't living in the house or they don't have food i think <laughs> they would for sure take that into like they take that they'll take that as a concern and like we'll try to within probably a week find some type of resources for you so it sounds like for you cnm it was really su it was super important to find a college that also responded as a community mm -hmm. yeah um what majors were you considering so back in the day i wanted to do like i wanted to become a teacher wanted to become a nurse mm -hmm. and human services and in the end i graduated with uh, an associate in psychology and global arts and then a, a certificate in general studies um now i'm working on my minor which is communication in the end my my goal is to work towards the bachelor's of the bachelor of arts and psychology mm -hmm. that's my goal for my bachelor's and then for my master's <laughs> is the goal of um is public administration a master's of public administration that's awesome wonderful then i haven't thought about the phd yet <laughs> it, <laughs> so it like, sounds like it's in your radar though that you're thinking yeah about i'm like let's just get those two done and then we'll see what <laughs> right <on>. happens <laughs> that's awesome so you landed on psychology as, as a major mm -hmm. um what are some important factors that landed you in the major that you chose so what led you to that um so just kind of like because i want to take i wanted to take a more look of because i'm having this learning disability i want to see how like 
how when the brain it affects mm, <laughs> like mm-hmm, how mm-hmm. all that crazy stuff and then yeah. um just a lot of the mental health issues that um are on in that new mexican face and as well as on the native american tribes i want to see more of how that um takes effect within the brain and then within how to figure out to come up with solutions to come up with better guidance and then my goal for that psychology degree because when i was told I wanted to kind of work on becoming a college advisor, maybe a tree advisor. I don't that would know. be cool. Yeah. I want to consider that. I want to become a tree advisor. And actually, one of my goals, I was telling, what was I telling? Um, I don't remember who I was telling. They were like, maybe, you know, the colleges on the reservation, they don't have a tree program. Maybe you could be the one to bring in one back. And I'm like, right. um, <laughs> Hold on, let me get this <laughs> and figure. Maybe I don't know. Maybe opening, having that college apply for one, and you know, becoming maybe the I don't think the director yet, but advising, <laughs> advising, and um, that's kind of what um, what. The majors I'm considering now, hopefully okay. they don't change. <laughs> Cross our fingers that they, they don't change. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, with that, what type of career? Now, you kind of foreshadowed a little bit. You said, hopefully one day working within a TRIO program. But what is it? Mm-hmm. what type of career are you looking to obtain? Um, alternate degree. is kind of, uh, my, very, my goal that I, I want to work towards is becoming... The Navajo Nation Divi- Division Director of Community Development. Wow. That's my goal that I'm like. <laughs> yeah, that's what you're going for. <laughs> that's what I want to go for. Of course, you can't automatically get put into that. You have to kind of work up your way up, but that's something I want to work up towards. And with that, with what the Division of Community Development does, they work with all 110 chapters on the reservation mm-hmm. and kind of like the social needs of the program of the of the reservation mm-hmm. and delivering all types of like assistance working with the chapter houses right. with community development that's my alternate goal and i think they do a lot with like the students supporting students in that and kind of learning that's kind of how the advisement the advisement come in mm-hmm. <laughs> and then from there getting the masters of uh and getting an mpa mm-hmm. and then alternately that i look at that as like my the job i want to do before retirement yeah. <laughs> awesome <laughs> <laughs> yeah now during your time at cnm you were elected to serve as the president of ptk now mm-hmm. i'm only i'm only going to say the initials but i would like for you for to for you to share with us uh, what is that, and what did ha- what did it have you do? So um, PTK is a community college honor society. It's called Phi Data Kappa Honor Society. Students must maintain a three point five GPA or higher, as well as you will get an invitation to the honor society after you have completed twelve credit hours or higher. Mm-hmm. 
And so with that, I was, I was, I joined Friday the Capper. When was it? We sometime three years ago. Mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly. Um, they, it was just like one day I got an invitation in the mail. I kind of, and they send you like multiple invitations if you keep qualifying. Mm-hmm. And after each term, and the trick is you have to pay eighty dollars. It's like a one life. It's a lifetime membership fee. Mm-hmm. And during the pandemic, I have eighty dollars. Like I mean, I did, but not towards like an honest society. Right, 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 right. <laughs> so I had to. I was like, ah, eh, just kind of kept on putting that aside. And then so Magda finally told me she's like, you should just putting this aside, girl. I was like, <laughs> well, I don't have eighty dollars. I do not have eighty dollars. Yeah, and she was like, "Here, you, have you contact the advisor for Phi Data Capper?" And I was like, "No, like, no." And mm-hmm. she was like, "You should, you know, there's different. They call it different. They call it they what are they? Um, the scholarship. I totally forgot about it. Um, oh my word. Um." I, I just faced it because we were just fun. <laughs> we were just fundraising it for like a, a couple not the opportunity scholarship. It was a scholarship they have for students who can't afford the they can't afford the membership fee. And yeah. the colleges are the ones who are in charge of making the requirements. Mm-hmm. So and she was like, hey, she was like, I think you should really do it. You need to do it. Come on. Here, here's her email and she like made it torture she like sent up an email mm-hmm. then i emailed to her like rich is really interested in your program she got an invitation <laughs> and she wants to know how she could apply how she could get into it they uh-huh. see it like to me and they even sent it to her and i was like okay um <laughs> well <it's> done now <laughs> exactly <laughs> so that happened she told me what i need to do and um she was like, here, usually we have students required to volunteer to get the scholarship. Mm-hmm. But because we're in a pandemic, we'll just wait that for now. And you can volunteer at a later point. So she did that. And I was I still like, oh, my goodness, what is this? What am I doing? <laughs> so, okay. <laughs> so I attended the virtual induction ceremony. I was like, okay. So I asked my friend who was in it. And she was like, here, let's just, just do this. Well, we, we have a conference coming up in spring. And I was like, okay. So I attended <laughs> it. And that I did not know, but she was like, we're also having elections. For oh, the two, interesting. For 2021-2022 offices. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, there ain't no need to think about finding an accra. Right, if I did a cafe, she was like, and she wants me to do an election. Oh my so, gosh. <laughs> and so I didn't do it. I just kind of was like, eh. it, was an, it was on the conference, it was online, mm-hmm. and they were like, here, let's do this. You know, anyone who wants to join. And it was, no one wanted to do it. And I was like, going once, going, I was like, my I'm like, you have to tell like such and such a time to anyone who wants to open. My friend mm-hmm. texted me over here, like, do it, do it. <laughs> It's like you want me to run for this position. Positive peer pressure. <laughs> That's like all represents just not CNN, but all New Mexico. Yeah. 
like so you would be the the state president of ptk yeah and wow. i was like okay so i technically was like sure <laughs> i'll put my name for it and ultimately because it was kind of i guess you know obviously i got you know obviously voted in mm-hmm. and there was a vice president position as well as a secretary no one took that no one and so I was regional president from April 2021 to May of 2022. Um, wow. A whole year basically planning stuff. Trying yeah. To. Yeah. And when I was elected to that, which I was the only one in that leadership position. Like I didn't have a, a vice president or a secretary. So it was basically communicating with the advisor wow. and me. Yeah. And, you know, for sure, a lot of time commitment, a lot of responsibility, a lot Certainly. of, um, and my advisor came to me. It's like you need to build your platform, and I thought to myself, a platform, mm-hmm. okay. And so then that meeting, I asked her. I was like, "Has anyone just out of curiosity?" Because at the time, that's when um, Representative Holland was nominated for secretary mm-hmm. of the interior so that's kind of like the first native american etc so mm-hmm. like if i asked her i was like has there been ever a native american in this position mm-hmm. she was not an original president position i believe not in the time i've i that i've been here and i don't think i was like <laughs> okay <laughs> so it took that took more pressure because not even not only from the organization level but now representing trying to bring looking at the tribal stuff yeah. having you know represent now the tribe and that's huge mm-hmm. so um at that point i was like and i because i noticed not many native american students were involved in ptk so i was having and a lot of them of course were already low income mm-hmm. and they can't mm-hmm. afford that one-time membership fee mm-hmm. so i have to start finding ways to improve the golden opportunity scholarship requirements for new mexico with the oh, chapters wow. okay and i oversaw 20 chapters ranging ranging from roswell to amagoro to los alamos Yunam gallup cp mm-hmm. san juan to name a few mm-hmm. and then um and then really advocating to people recruiting what telling them what five data capital was about and how they the GPA that's basically I'm like the spokesperson. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so um that's how I when I told Magda about it, Magda's like, okay, here, let's <laughs> it suddenly felt like yeah. it's like now there's like trio of people involved. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so doing that and just kind of like helping them being like the main contact person for in case those chapters have questions on their project, on the honor and action projects they have questions about or research or anything that they want to do mm-hmm. so um i had an opportunity to a lot of opportunities to meet new place to meet and go new places around new mexico to meet a lot of new people a lot of new pe- people and all this was still during COVID, trying to you know and in june she was like part of the requirements to when you fill out 
in in January to fill out the on the regional awards list is you need to complete two conferences. Mm-hmm. And we usually have that one in October. Mm-hmm. So this is in June trying to find a conference. <laughs> like, like trying to find a conference. Oh my gosh. That was something I did. I was like, um okay, finding a conference now. Yeah. Which that was someone who hates public speaking who is so terrified about all this and now trying to find a conference. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that was so much torture. So much um it was terrifying. Yeah. So and in, in the global cam- pandemic over Zoom. And so I just started trying to reach out to people. I was like, there's gotta be people who I <laughs> so yeah. I was like, yeah. these people who I have. So um in April two thousand twenty one I reached out to the tribal president kind of to mention because he likes to highlight academic achievement and things that are happening for Native American students across New Mexico and across the Navajo Nation. So it was like, because after I found out, he was a Phi Data capper at one point in his life. Mm, so mm. I was like, hey, I should let him know. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I was, did not know how to write an email, like to professionally write an email. I was like, mm. oh my word. So I wrote an email. <laughs> And I sent him in the article because I was in the faces of CNM story. Mm-hmm. So I just sent him that. And I was like, um, here you go. Um, let me know if you guys like to collab or um, ha- go from there. I didn't think he would actually take me up on that. <laughs> And I was like, so after I did that, and he's like, you know, keep us posted. You know, here's my chief of staff. Here's my schedule of people. Contact wow. them if you ever need me. And I'm like, another okay. <laughs> so when I was planning the conference, um, it was which was on leadership, and I was my advisor told me, what about having him? Mm-hmm. She was that would kind of be an honor since you're the first Native American woman. Native American to hold his position as well yeah. as to have a tribal president. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, what? So I had, I was like, writing, trying to write a speaking request to an official, mm-hmm. which was very nerve wracking. Like, because you just can't talk like in a regular email. You have to, like, so I was like looking up how to like write a professional business letter. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> I was like, so I had him speak. And then after that, at that at the fall conference, I had uh, a congresswoman, current congresswoman, Melanie Stansbury. And then I had the New Mexico Lieutenant Governor, Mavalis. Mm-hmm. And then I had the the president of the Navajo Nation, President Inez, and his wife, the First Lady Petrolia Inez. And then I had the governor, the New Mexico Lieutenant Governor, and then someone from headquarters, from the Biodata Capital headquarters. Mm-hmm. All, and then people from the Wear Match Public Schools District all speaking. Oh, wow. And it was like talking about all various types of leadership. And I was yeah. like, I wow. think I didn't, this is told them what they need to do. And I was at that point, I was like, and it was literally, this is one year ago, it was today. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was one year ago this when this whole conference happened. And I was wow. like, what in the world was happening here? Yeah. And I was like, that's when I figured out that happened. And then K 
came January, my advisor was like, you need to talk about your success. About mm-hmm. industry. You have to, right? They call it for the Hallmark Awards. Write about all the stuff that you did throughout the year, which was torture. <laughs> Another writing. <laughs> so I did. I was like, I don't think I'm going to get anything. I'm like, yeah, just write it. I was just, you know, I just went in thinking about it. I was like, ah, I doubt we're going to win anything. So in March, I get an email saying that we were a rank of four-star region, as well as we got an award for membership recruitment. Oh, wow. And they want to honor us at the national convention in Denver in mm-hmm. April. Mm-hmm. I was like, what on earth? <laughs> like, <laughs> what? Okay. Um, it felt very unreal. So I was like, this is crazy. Yeah. And um, now kind of, um, and the president was now told me is one of the things is, you know, since you're, because this is the saying that once you're a Phi Data Kappa, you're always a Phi Data Kappa. Mm-hmm. He goes, you know, now I want you to find ways you could use all this knowledge you learned from Phi Data Kappa to turn it into how to help people on the reservation and other native yes. tribes. Mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah, so it was just and a short story. That's just kind of how Phi Data Kappa came part of and just... We, and one of the never in the world would I imagine meeting the second gentleman yeah. of the United States. Yeah. Wow. And that was so amazing. And I was just, I met him. I told him like two minutes. I was like, told him where I was kind of like what I did. I was, I was like, and then he's like, hopefully after the pandemic, we could, you know, it'd be cool to see you again. And now I'm like, my, my goal is, you know, after this, through everything that has happened, my goal is to maybe, I don't know, visit the White House. Maybe, yeah. Like, yeah. See either the First Lady, because I know she's a huge advocate for community college. I'm like, it would be cool if she could hear what, how community colleges have impacted Native American students Absolutely. across the United States. And more, also, it's TRIO Health, TRIO programs help all these students <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah where they are today absolutely now one part of this aspect of working with ptk you were talking about working directly with the native american uh especially specifically the navajo tribe um mm-hmm. you what uh what did you learn from that uh working with uh, with with the with the tribal leaders there i think one of the things that I remember is how he told us, told, you know, when you are in, when you come home after receiving the education that you need, like either a bachelor's degree, a master's degree, or a doctor's degree, knowing that most likely you will not be put in a position of leadership, knowing that you have to work your way mm-hmm. up to get into that position of leadership. Mm-hmm. And, you know, at, at times, people, at, at a time, people will reward you into the position of leadership. Absolutely. And eventually, knowing that, don't have that um, mindset of, I have a PhD and I'm coming home and get positioned. Yeah. <laughs> and I think at that point, really knowing, okay, you have to come up with this other 
plan to hopefully meet meeting that future goal of whatever position of leadership you wanted to do awesome. take yeah plan to take place one day so what is next for rachel yazi well um oh man I'm trying my goal is to finish my bachelor's degree mm -hmm. in psychology in the next few years. That's my goal. And then continuing to build off of those professional connections I built while in trio, while being a regional president, and now continuing those connections with the New Mexico Lieutenant Governor Morales and the Office of Vice President. The Office of President and Vice President of the Navajo Nation and continuing to find ways to have students of color, students of who are trio, to have a story like the one who I how I had to become maybe that future regional president. Um I'm still recently the people the president had told me told me of a challenge of maybe running for international office for Phi Data Kappa. Wow. He said, I, I kind of told him about it. I was like, yeah, about it. And he goes, no, you should. Yeah. <laughs> like, and of course, which one of the requirements is you have to be, you have to still take classes at the community college mm -hmm. at the chapter that you're enrolled in. So I might, I'm considering that I haven't really thought about that. Just That's just kind of on the list. Like, <laughs> if I, <laughs> it's not finalized, I want to do that, but just trying to, the main one is trying to complete that bachelor's degree at least in the next three to four years right on. try to just and it's hard because it's true of how much the price of living the price of living and then trying to make a living on for that and you need to eat you need a house it's definitely right <laughs> and then next thing you know it's like you need a place for college and i think one of the things the it's hard for universities to is because I qualify for so many transfer scholarships, mm -hmm. but because those transfer scholarships, I think I was like more several 8,000 one semester, mm -hmm. but where the trick was they wanted you to attend full time. They want students to have those 15 credit hours. Oh. And as a student with a learning disability already, you're trying to do five classes. <laughs> that <laughs> could be overwhelming. Sure. Yeah. And so now I'm having to, kind of i think going back on where using these connections i built kind mm -hmm. of you know maybe applying for a job maybe mm -hmm. you know for them or looking at having to at this point it, with what it looks like i have to probably go to like work and then like work and still in school yeah. to able to maintain a living and then college oh for sure yeah yeah well as you think about that and as you're uh you know hopefully you do uh run for the uh for the next position up the international <laughs> that would be that would be amazing uh, well what is one piece of advice you would share with other trio students in college or their or if, if they're preparing to enter college or if um, they're already in college i think first the piece of advice for trio students i have is you know when you if you're very new to that program many probably who are this since it's still the new year the new year of, of the school years um de develop skills of 
of confidence and trust because when your advisor says that he or she will graduate you trust that sounds a lot in the very beginning but know that they are there for you or even the director even mm -hmm. the tutors and even they are there for you even after you graduate there's a sense of support that you will still receive that um it's not a decision that you won't regret of making of applying for trio and accept if you do get um offered yeah you do get um that acceptance into yeah. the program just have fun and use every opportunity and every resources you get as wonderful. a trio student to take advantage of it wonderful what would you like to say to the trio cnm staff <laughs> oh my goodness um, um just thank you for thank you for everything that they have done you know thank you to the director um magda the advisors jimmy tasha and the tutoring staff i wouldn't be there i wouldn't be here where i am today without all your guys support and continuing to move on with my education not knowing that there was one point in my time that i probably wouldn't be here with an associate's degree i wouldn't be here instead who knows where i would be <laughs> mm. <laughs> mm -hmm. rachel it was a great pleasure having you on the let's talk trio podcast i hope to catch up with you again same i hope definitely maybe i'll be coming maybe i'll be coming back on as an international president there you go i love it yeah <laughs> or working for something with the, the tribe or who knows who knows what the next couple of months will be like <laughs> absolutely um so we have a tradition at the let's talk trio podcast we have the guest sign off of the podcast uh will you do us the honor in signing off hello this is which rachel yazi i am the alumni of trio sssc&m I have witnessed that TRIO works for any student on across the world, across New Mexico, and even on the Navajo Nation. Goodbye. Wonderful. Thank you so much, Rachel. Appreciate it. Thank you. Are you a participant, alum, or staff of a TRIO program? Do you want your program highlighted? You or your program could be featured in an upcoming episode of Let's Talk Trio. Get a hold of us by going to our Facebook page or Instagram and send us a direct message. Search for Let's Talk Trio. We want to get your story to the public. What a great episode with Rachel Yazi of Central New Mexico Community College Trio alum of Student Support Services. Rachel, thank you so much for being on the Let's Talk Trio podcast. Remember, you too can be on the Let's Talk Trio podcast. Send us an email on letstalktrio at gmail.com. That email again is letstalktrio, all one word, L-E-T-S-T-A-L-K-T-R-I-O at gmail.com. I want to take a moment to thank our sponsors, Angelica Vialpando, Rosario O'Reilly, and Student Access. Thank you all so much for your continued support of the Let's Talk Trio podcast. A quick recognition for our honorary members of the Let's Talk Trio podcast. Roderick Chambers, Tony Ho, and Scott Kendall. The Let's Talk Trio podcast team is John Russell. Music production, 
Editor, Audio Engineer. Amelia Castañeda, Marketing Manager, Social Media Manager, Script Supervisor, and Producer. Juan Rivas, Executive Producer and Host. Thank you all so much for listening, and we will catch you on the next episode.